The Tech Qualified Podcast is dedicated to providing B2B technology marketers with access to real-world case studies and best practices. We interview industry leaders to uncover what's working in the world of B2B technology marketing. If you're wondering how you can position your technology company as the choice in the marketplace, then follow along as we go on this journey together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tech Qualified. I'm Justin Brown and this episode of Tech Qualified is brought to you by Motion, a marketing agency that focuses on the strategy and development of thought leadership programs for B2B tech companies. Today, our guest is Amber Herndon, the Director of Marketing and Client Success at Signal Insights. Amber, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Justin. Absolutely. And as we get started here and to give our audience a little bit of background on yourself, do you mind telling us a little bit about your past experience and then what you're up to now at Signal Insights? Absolutely. So post-college, well, I guess I'll back up even further. So I have my undergrad is in STRATCOM. And after graduating from IU with a bachelor's in STRATCOM, I started out at Blackstone Media which was a digital agency in Louisville, Kentucky. So I started out there as an intern, worked my way up to a full-time position in the marketing team, and then kind of teetered between marketing and client services for a while. So I was there from 2013 through the beginning of 2020. And 2018, our CEO sold that company to a Boston-based agency and he went on to start Signal Insights. So that's where my connection to Signal Insights came in. But while at Blackstone, I did a lot of digital marketing, built up our digital marketing team. And when I left, I was director of marketing and Louisville operations so that I could manage the Louisville team since our parent company was based out of Boston. But most of my experience at Blackstone was working with a lot of B2B companies And especially in manufacturing was kind of a niche area that we had a lot of experience and where a lot of our clients kind of fit into. So when I came over to Signal, it was very easy to transition from agency to being kind of on the brand company side because being a software company, we also focus on B2B. So it was a similar audience. Company sizes were very similar to what I was used to marketing towards both marketing for the agency, but then a lot of my B2B companies that I had retainers with um, targeted similar companies that I'm trying to target now. So that made for a pretty easy transition. That's awesome. And for those who aren't aware of Signal Insights, do you mind telling us a little bit about your ideal customer profile and then how Signal Insights helps them? Yes. So our ideal customer profile is a brand manager, a marketing director, or even a sales executive that's just really interested in knowing what their competitors are up to. So this person is usually using like Google News Alerts to just stay on top of when their competitors are being in the news, whether they're announcing product launches, they brought in a new CFO, or they've experienced layoffs or just anything about them being mentioned in the news or having articles written about them down to monitoring what their competitors are doing in social media, the type of content they're creating, what their organic search rank looks like, and even kind of what they're doing with their website. So it's someone who's kind of really into knowing everything across the board of their competitors, but usually 
they're doing this manually or using like Google News Alerts and other free tools to kind of mash it all together. And what Signal Insights does is we bring all of that into one dashboard. And one of the key features of our news aggregator is it's machine learning based. So it filters out 90% of the spam and just irrelevant articles that you get when you set up Google News Alerts so that when you log into your dashboard, it really is just really good news articles that your competitors are mentioned in or that are full stories of those competitors. And you can see it in an easy dashboard. You can also get it as an email alert, either daily or weekly, so that you don't even have to log into the dashboard to know what they're up to. We also monitor site changes so you can know when your competitors have a new promotion or they're launching a new product or they just are changing the banners on their homepage. Some of those could be even new announcements that they have. And then we keep track of branded content. So whether that's them publishing their press releases or even their blog posts, we tap into social media so we can keep track of how many social posts they're making. And we have a scoring algorithm that determines which post is the top post based on engagement and reach. And then we also will monitor keywords for you to show you where you rank for those key phrases against your competitors. That's great. And I know you have a lot of experience with the folks that you're working with and the client base that you're looking to target. How are you now getting people interested in what Signal Insights is doing in terms of really generating demand? Are you using an SDR, BDR team? Is it more through ads or organic? How are you getting people to notice Signal Insights? It's a little bit of everything. So we do have an SDR working for us. So I run a lot of email outreach campaigns and LinkedIn Legion campaigns, and we just kind of have figured out how many touch points and how much engagement we need from a cold prospect to really turn that over to the SDR so that they're really making those demo appointments. But also lead generation pieces have really helped a lot. So we have a tip sheet on conducting competitive analysis, and we have that available for download on the website. We use it in email marketing. We use it with LinkedIn ads. And that's proven to be valuable with people downloading that piece of content and then being able to nurture them through email and getting them to book a demo. And continuing on the customer journey and after people get interested, it's good for the audience. We have people on here who work with all sorts of types of tech. Some people selling uh, a couple dollar a month SaaS solutions up to multi-million dollar infrastructure tech for Fortune 500 banks. So it's good to understand kind of what the sales cycle is like. What is the customer journey like after that initial interest? So somebody does raise their hand, says, I'm interested in what Signal Insights is doing. What does the rest of the customer journey look like? Yeah. So when someone first shows interest and they're willing to get on the phone with us, We'll book just kind of our basic demo, which only takes about 12 minutes. And we have some demo dashboards that we have ready to show. And then if they seem really interested after that and through conversations, we're able to confirm that they're the decision maker. Sometimes they report directly to the decision maker and we know that they're a good fit and they know the cost of our tools. So there's not any sort of like pricing issues, then we'll build out a custom dashboard for them. And typically this is when they'll bring in more people on their team who are sometimes the people who are doing this by hand or it's their boss and they were just kind of like fielding 
and looking at different tools to help narrow a decision. But then we'll actually take their competitors and set up a dashboard specifically for them so they can see what it would look like when they log into the tool. And that's really after that step is typically when we're able to close business. So our sales cycle doesn't take too long. It's really just getting people to raise their hand is kind of the longest process of it. Interesting. And I have a question then uh, about how sales and marketing work together, but I want to take a step back on what you just said, which is getting people to raise their hand is the hardest part. Obviously, the MarTech and machine learning space is extremely competitive. What are some of the angles that you're taking to try to break through the noise? Yeah, it's definitely hard too because we just launched in April. So no one really knows who we are and we are still ramping up and signing on clients. So when I first started out, we really didn't have very many clients at all. So not having a lot of testimonials or case studies to share can make it difficult. But one thing that's really working for us is just really kind of taking the approach of why we're better than Google Alerts, because after doing dozens of demos, we found out that's really how people are tracking their competitors. There are tons of tools out there that are like us, like Owler or Meltwater or Cision, and some of those are cheaper than us, and some of them are way more expensive But until we really start talking to more people, it's hard to really draw a close comparison to some of those other tools out there. And a lot of them do stuff that we don't and we do things that they don't. So we do call out those differences on conversations when people ask what's different with you than Meltwater or Owler. But Google Alerts has really been kind of the key differentiator for us because so many people are familiar with it. So we actually wrote a blog post and that's helped even bring in some organic traffic on why Google Alerts isn't the best for keeping track of your competitors. Yeah, that's great. And I'm curious to go back to the question that I was going to ask. So it sounds like during the sales cycle, sales and marketing work extremely to get closely together that you're providing value as you go through the sales cycle. And it's interesting as well that client success also falls under your purview. So you kind of have marketing and client success and sales all working together. Can you talk about that relationship a little bit? Yeah. So it helps that we're right now only a team of four. So I head up marketing and client success. And one of our co-founders, Taylor, heads up sales. He was the owner of my previous job. So the agency that he sold in 2018. So him and I have worked well together for many years and just staying in constant communication really helps us figure out the shortest way to get someone to close, what materials he needs. But I'm really involved in that sales process too. He's definitely much more charismatic than I am and better at pitching and demoing. But I sit in on a lot of those demos just because a lot of times the people who he's demoing have received emails from us. And he, of course, has access to that email. So just making sure that he has the full thread of conversation leading up to those demos. But then I'm on there as well so that I can help create any sort of proposals or building out those custom dashboards. So we just constantly kind of work together on everything. And on not the sales side, but more on the brand side, I know that you mentioned you have your tip sheet. What are you doing in terms of content? And I know that you're still relatively new, so there may not be a whole bunch of materials, but how are you trying to strive to establish yourself as an authority in the space? 
So a lot of the ideas we've gotten from content have really came from either clients that we have or people that we've spoke with. So they'll ask, do you have something that dives deeper into all of your features? Or do you have a one-page overview you can send me so I can show it to my boss? So a lot of it comes from people asking for materials. And then for content like within our blog, I've just kind of created a list of keywords that I know that would be really great if we could rank for just based on the amount of search volume that they get and knowing that an organic search were practically non-existent at this point. And I try to create content that's helpful for someone, even if they don't use our tool or can't use our tool, because maybe it's cost prohibitive. Questions you should ask yourself when looking at a competitor website, about Google Alerts, who within your organization can use competitive intelligence data, and even diving into some of our features. But I'm just really thoughtful in how our audience could use the content that we're creating? Is it helpful for them in trying not to be so sales focused with the material that we create? And I'm trying to look up how long you have been with the company. How long have you been with Signal Insights? Started April 1st. Okay, April 1st. So very interesting. I had somebody on yesterday who has been with their organization for 10 years. And these questions are interesting in that avenue. And then usually I have people on who are one to two years into their role. So this will be fun to ask you since it's such a truncated timeline. What did it look like when you got there and how has it changed to now? So when I got to Signal Insights, we hadn't even launched yet. So there was absolutely no marketing. So we had basic one-page website. There was a newsletter sign up just as they were kind of going through the testing and preparing for launch phase, we did have some people that came to the site and subscribed to the newsletters. And there were companies that they met with just with relationships that they had prior to launch just to get some buy-in and some feedback on the platform. But really, I was the one who kind of got to decide what we did to start. So what channels did we want to be on? Um, what materials did we need to create and what kind of the focus of the campaigns were. But they had a general idea of who our target audience was. And I just kind of got to grow it from there. But it was very interesting joining a company and launching something new during COVID. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. You started at an interesting time. I don't actually know if I've talked to somebody who started their job during the pandemic. So what was that like coming in? It's interesting because a lot of people who I've spoken to, they had to pivot what they were planning on doing. You kind of came in and the landscape was already set and you got to build a little bit around it. Talk to me a little bit about that strategy and what went into that. So one positive thing that came out of that experience is we found that people were open to demos because a lot of people were working from home and their schedules and meetings were fewer. So their schedules were less hectic because they weren't having as many meetings. So it was easier to get people to book a demo and get them on the phone and show them the platform. We've definitely hit challenges with people who have their budgets frozen or their budgets were cut due to COVID. So we've been able to pivot and find ways to where we can still get people on the platform, but get some sort of commitment from them for when they're able to spend money again and they have a marketing budget again. But now we're starting to feel like people are getting 
back to normal a little bit, or at least what their new normal is, because we've had meetings that have been pushed back because they have big project deadlines or something came up. So we're starting to feel like this is should have been the groove of things to start. But COVID also gave us the chance to really kind of slow down and take our time to figure out the right audience with the right messaging. And we were lucky in the sense that it wasn't a huge rush and we don't have a ton of pressure to where we really need to sell. Yeah, which I'm sure was nice because it has been tough for lots of people to sell, especially into marketing where budgets were. Those are some of the easiest budgets to slash. So it's like, it's a good time to build awareness and really build your brand. So another question around when you started, which again, not that long ago, but you've probably seen a lot in a short period of time going on about three months now. What would be a piece of advice that you would give yourself that you have gained the experience of now if current Amber went to past Amber of three months ago that you would tell yourself? Just probably to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. So that was one of the kind of harder parts of transitioning for me as I came from a pretty structured agency environment with pretty set in stone org chart and things didn't go out the door without these boxes being checked. So moving from that environment to a startup environment At first, I was really cautious to even publish a blog post without showing it to the three other people on the team or launching a campaign without someone also looking at it. But, you know, in a startup environment, especially in digital and just in marketing and now with COVID, like everything is moving fast. And when you're wearing multiple hats and you're working with people that live in different time zones, you really just have to trust the decisions that you're making and just go with it. Yeah, ask for forgiveness and not permission. It's sometimes uh double-edged sword. <laughs> People are afraid to do it. But at the same time, something I think that we've all learned in marketing is that, well, a lot of things, I think, right? Nothing is going to be perfect. You can try and strive toward that as much as you want, but it's probably not going to get there. And two is you got to get stuff out. If you sit there and you just are constantly looking at it and saying, wow, this could be better, it could be better, you're never going to get materials out there. And likely people wouldn't notice the things that you're noticing. And so I think that's a really good one is just get information out and understand that it's not going to be perfect every time. Yeah. And you can always change it. So you can edit a blog post, you can switch up a white paper, you could test different messaging on LinkedIn or in an email, but you won't know if you don't just get it out there. That's great. And then the last question I have for you before we pivot on to just some closing questions here on the note of things not being perfect, what are you finding to be your biggest challenge on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? So what is your biggest challenge that you've seen and how are you overcoming it? I think the biggest challenge is just really increasing our reach because we are a startup and we just launched about three months ago, is just getting out there in front of people and figuring out where that audience is. So primarily starting out, I focused a lot on LinkedIn because we're B2B. So that's where a lot of B2B people live. But now I'm trying to research and read more and figure out if there's other channels we should be on, whether they're forums or do we need to try Twitter or do we just keep hammering on emails and maybe I need to like 
widen our targeting and not be so specific so that we're sending out information to more and more people. All right. There you have it. And then just some closing questions here before I let you go. Where are you turning to really stay up to date on trends and just different things within B2B marketing? What are some of the resources that you leverage? So I like Neil Patel's podcast a lot. I listen to that. I started listening to you all, which has been really helpful. And then I read a lot of content on HubSpot because that's a tool that we use every single day. And they have content that covers kind of every hat that I wear from marketing, sales, and service because I do manage clients after they onboard. So I like kind of having one place to go where I can read different articles or watch videos that kind of covers all of those bases. Yeah, I actually recommended Neil Patel's podcast today to one of my clients. A very good one. So we'll update the show notes with those. And then the last question for you here is, Amber, where can people go to find you and to find Signal Insights? So you can find us both on LinkedIn. Just search for Signal Insights or myself, Amber Herndon. It's probably the platform that I'm most active on, though I do hope to get back into Twitter. So could also find me there, but I don't post a lot right now. Awesome. Well, Amber, thank you so much for the time. It was great having you on Tech Qualified. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us on this episode of Tech Qualified. If you're looking to generate engaging conversations with your ideal customer profile, while also positioning your tech as a choice in the marketplace, then access Motion's ultimate thought leadership course for B2B tech companies. The online course provides a complete step-by-step process required to establish a thought leadership program using a podcast or video series. Get free immediate access today by visiting motionagency.io slash access.